listening to Our Wayward Life, a podcast about living life a bit differently. We're Natalie and Daniel, a married couple from Tennessee. In 2015, we sold everything we owned, moved overseas, and we've been living the expat life ever since. Stick around to hear about our travel experiences, both good and bad, our expat adventures, and everything in between. Welcome back to episode number 15. We're really excited today because we have a UAE famous podcaster with us, Mr. Marcus Smith from Inner Fight. Welcome. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm not sure when, when you become a famous, uh, famous podcaster. It probably just means that you talk too much. <laughs> I mean, enough to have like 700 something episodes, right? Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, I think we, we recorded about 730-something the other day, so it's a lot of talking, but as I'm sure you guys know, and I think now podcasting sort of really jumped up in people's go-to for information. It's, it's quite good fun. You get to chat to people, and hopefully you get to learn things, which is one of the reasons why I started the show. So, yeah, yeah it's been a fun ride. Yeah, good I agree with that. That's, yeah, podcasting is a great outlet uh, as far as, like, telling your story, sharing people, other people's stories, and also learning new information. So uh, could you just tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, where are you from, what do you do? Yeah, so my name's Marcus Smith, as you said, I'm just about to turn 43 years old. I have, I actually lived in the UAE since 1983 when I first came here wow. with my family. Yeah, so it's been, uh, I was in one, one meeting one day and they asked me to talk about how long I'd been here and I said, I'm just finishing off my second life sentence and <laughs> no one really got my joke. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and basically I'm originally from, from England, from the north of England is, is where my family's from, but I don't think people can tell much by my accent these days because it's kind of a bit all over the place. And after my parents left in 2000, I chose to stay here. And I was working, I spent about 10 years in the corporate world working for sports brands. I spent quite a lot of time with Adidas, a little bit of time with Nike. And kind of during that time, I realized that I actually loved it. It was amazing. I was in sales and I had quite a unique opportunity that I'd done some other sales jobs, not selling people stuff they didn't need, but basically selling people stuff that they didn't really need. And I, I was working in a job. In Adidas, you're actually, and in Nike, you're selling people, you're selling to stores, who are selling to people that, you know, they really, they need the stuff. Not They don't need quite as much stuff as we have, but it was a really cool job, so I loved it. But I realized in about, I think it was about 2005, that that wasn't what I was going to do for life. And I started, I'd already started sort of helping people and coaching people actually from, from an early age, from about the age of 18. And I realized in 2005 that I wanted to make sort of my passion. It's quite interesting because we hear a lot about sort of passion becoming your job. And I was passionate about it, but I also, I'm not sure this is an arrogant thing to say, but I felt I was quite good at it. And therefore, if you feel you're good at something, it kind of makes sense to pursue it a little bit. And I did that. And fast forward in 2010 or 2008, I launched in a fight. In 2010, I, I walked out of what was the comforts in a number of different ways of, of the corporate world and, and of 
the world's biggest sports brand, Nike, to pursue my vision of helping people get better at life through our brand, Innofy. And we're still doing it in 2021. So... It's kind of working somehow, I yeah. guess. Good deal. <laughs> Sounds like it's very successful. So the gym is named Inner Fight. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah so basically, I, as I say, when I started sport at university and, and, and one of my jobs or one of my placements was actually teaching people in a gym. So I sort of worked on, on gym floors and I wasn't... I didn't set out to set up a gym. It's quite interesting. I now own a sort of 7,000 square foot, the best way to describe it is a functional CrossFit facility uh, here in Dubai. I never really set out to do that. And I think this is what makes, what makes it quite interesting is I set out with a vision to help people become a better version of themselves. And I fast realized that one of the components of that was actually physical training. And if we had a physical location to carry out physical training, then we could start to build a community of like-minded individuals, which I believe in not just in this country, but in a number of countries, well, generally as human beings, we, we need to belong to something. Now, when we're in our home countries and if we stay, which is quite alien these days, if we stay in our hometowns, we have the people that we've grown up with and, and we have a sense of community the whole time. Whereas, you know, you move, you move from your country town into a big city, like the last and the only place you can really find people, or not the only place, I mean, that sound bad, but the go-to place to find people has been bars and pubs and nightclubs and this stuff. And I spent my fair share of time in those as well. But I was like, actually, having a gym is a really good place to help people to get better at life. And, you know, everyone says, oh, you've got a gym. I was like, yeah, that's never in the plan. But it gives us a focal point. And once we, the thing is, is that everyone thinks that they need to work out physically. And that's almost step one for people. But they, because I think we're in denial of the fact that we need to work on other things as well. So it's quite interesting to see this amazing journey that you get people into the gym and you know I know what I'm doing. Okay, cool, just just do it, you know, and they crack on. And then a few months later, like, oh, what did you say about such and such? And then they start to to grow and to develop. So I'm like, well, we can serve people in this amazing way. We almost, and I know this sounds a little bit cunning, but we're almost like putting this bait out there as as a gym. Yeah. And then, you know, You're still working as a problem. salesman. Yeah, you're still selling each other. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like my sales technique. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's kind of where where we are. But I mean, we're we're quite. I think we're quite a bit different in that you know our gym is 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 primarily, as I said, a functional fitness CrossFit gym. So people are coming into a class or with a personal trainer. Everyone knows each other. There's no. We don't have sort of what a lot of these CrossFit gyms will have, like open gym. We just everyone is just. In, in, to, in together and it breeds and we don't have hundreds of thousands of members so everyone knows each other people hang out together and we just created this really well, and it's not like you're like oh you did a good job you should be proud i'm like i didn't actually really do anything all the members and all the people that came build the community because yeah. i can't force people to go together i can just create this framework and 
if it works, good. And if it doesn't, well, we'll have to shut down, you know? So that's kind of how, how I see it. It's actually all down to, to the members and, and the people that walk through the door that actually make the gym what it is, which I think is something quite special. Yeah, most definitely. It definitely is special, but I do think you do have a lot to be proud of because you've created the safe space for them and you've uh, created like that culture of positivity and community and that's the reason they keep coming. And then because of that, yeah. it, it builds those type of people in that community together. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, we, and we work very consciously for that. You know, we, we're probably the only gym that gives our coaches a playbook of how to welcome people when they walk through the door, you know? And, yeah, I would and definitely say you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, different ways to, to connect with people. And, but I, I also take it incredibly, I take it incredibly personally that someone would entrust us with their body to make it better. That's something that I, I've, I've never, ever taken for granted. I always take it really quite seriously. And on top of that, they're going to pay us money that they've worked pretty damn hard to get for the honor of taking care of their body. Yeah. So we really have to, and this is, this is the problem with the, with the fitness industry in, in, in currently it's like, you know, how can I get a hundred thousand fellows on Instagram so I can post some shit that loads of people do and pay me $2 a month for, because if I've got hundred thousand followers and $2, I've got $200,000 a month. It's like, yeah, but you're not actually doing anything meaningful for yeah. people. So, yeah, we and see it a bit different. Which, yeah. yeah, you're not really helping anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, so I have uh, my undergraduate degree is in exercise science and sports medicine. And before moving wow. to the UAE, I've always worked in a gym. Like, yeah. just wow. always, whatever was needed, working in the desk, teaching classes, doing personal training. Um, and I will say, coming to the UAE, was a shocker for me because the, I missed my gym community and I yeah. didn't really find that here. There are some great gyms, but you know, like, to, like I'm from a small town. So like moving here, it's like, you have to find one in your area that works with your timings yeah. for work and is convenient. And then you have to like the community, but there are some really big name gyms that I've been to here and no one even speaks. Yeah. And, I so, and I'm like, I'm sure it is cultural because we're from the South and the States and everybody's super friendly. So I want to be friends yeah. with everybody. And if I walk in and nobody's like, I'm just so glad you're here. I just automatically think, oh, they probably don't want me here. I'm just in the way. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's really and important think, to have like a welcoming environment for your gym, especially for absolutely. people who are not used to being in a gym. They want to feel like they yeah. belong. And I don't think it's not, it's interesting what you said, because it's not, it's not exclusive to the gym environment. It's like, you know, it's almost like, and there's a lot of anger and feelings when you start to speak about stuff back home and how it happens here, you know, it's, it's the same, you walk into a restaurant and, you know, if I walk into a restaurant or into a shop and go, hey guys, how's it going? The service stuff, like, yeah. there's this alien in here, like, why is he talking to us? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, we're all, we're all just humans here. Yeah. Like, why aren't we just saying hello to each other, you yeah. know? And, and, and it is quite weird because I think, I think like, Human beings are becoming increasingly materialistic, and, and there's a lot of what I, you know, superficialism, and, and I think the UAE, because of uh, long story, it's pretty much at the top. You know, it's it's really about. But I think what, and this is the interesting thing as well, because what makes what used to make people stand out is 
is about materialistic things, but what actually makes people stand out more now is more simple things and just actually saying hello to people. Yeah. It's how you've made someone feel exactly. about themselves when yeah. you have an interaction Correct. with them. If they walk away feeling positive and feeling welcomed and loved, and then they'll remember that. And if they walk Correct. away feeling like shit, they will remember it even more. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's what I always say. I, I always say to, I remember reading a book when, when I was working in sales, or a sales book, and this guy was like, everyone knows 250 people. And if you give them a, a good experience, they might tell a few of those 250 people. If you give them a bad experience, they'll tell more of them. So yep. just give them a great experience. Absolutely. And they're going to be your best best disciples as it were and, and and that's really how we get most of our business we're only we're a small business i don't have a massive i don't have a marketing budget you know we've never really and people argue with me oh you should be doing loads of this and that and i'm like yeah i could be but you know i, I will say to the guys if 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 someone comes in and you serve them the best way and you keep serving them the best way and you do that for months and months and months all you have to do is ask that person would you mind introducing me to two or three of your friends that really truly believe they need my services? Because you can bet your bottom dollar, if they've come in 30 or 40 kilos overweight, they've also got a lot of friends that are still sat at the bar who are also 30, 40 kilos overweight. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be more than happy to do it. So yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, this, the, Jim's, Jim's globally, uh, and, and I've been, kicking around a gym since I was about 12, 14 years old when I was allowed to break into them or I'm not allowed to break into them, but I've never felt them to be for, for an environment that's supposed to be an environment to make you better. I, I always found them pretty much like you just said there, Natalie, like, it's like, oh, like, I'm supposed to be motivated. No one's even said hello to me. Like, yeah. no one's even talking. Like, it's a horrible environment. And that was... It's funny because I didn't know what we were going to be, but I also knew what we weren't going to be from the start, and we weren't going to be that. And, you know, and that's why the team are they're awesome, from the front desk girls who, who we call rock stars to, to the coaches. The, you know, they're all they're, they're cool. Not every day because not everyone has a bad day, but uh, they're, you know, they, they bring it most days, which is amazing. That is amazing. Like I said, we've been members of several gyms here, and, and the thing that put me off most about the gyms, you know, not just here, but everywhere, is that you walk in and nobody wants to make eye contact with you. I'm like, damn it, look yeah. at me in the eyes. I'm paying you good money to yeah. be here. Look at me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. take much. And that goes a long way with people. At least it does with me. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. It's quite interesting though, at the same time because because of the way that we, I mean, it's a little bit off topic, but I think I'm, I'm always interested to hear some other people think about it as well. Because of the way that we communicate now, it's almost a little bit old school to actually look someone in the eyes and have a conversation, give them, give them your focus. Like, you know, people, people will spend like four minutes sending me a voice note, but they won't call me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not interested to listen to your voice note. Like, if it was that important that you'd spend four minutes just going blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, it's weird. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, and because of the way at our gym, some people say it's intimidating, you know, because of the way it is, some people are actually quite closed, which I think is a product of, of the way that we've developed as humans. And I, I'm with you guys. I, I want to look you in the eyes. I want to say, how's it going, mate? I want a big handshake if, if, if we can. If not, a massive fist pump and, you know, let's see. And because from that as well, we'll figure out real quick if there's any chemistry. Exactly. Like, 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out. I, I mean, you don't have to like the way I talk. Like, that's fine, you know, and, and then we don't have to. But it's like we, we've kind of lost it in a number of ways, which is, which is a little bit sad. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And that's across the board, not just obviously in gyms, but like in edu- yes. yeah. I work in education here. We see that like, you know, yeah. and not just with the students, but with the adults as well, especially after COVID being online for so long, working in isolation at your home and then coming back, yeah. people just don't know how to like communicate, communicate anymore. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It is. And it's amazing that, you know, you'll go out somewhere and you'll see like friends out at a restaurant having dinner together and they're all texting other people instead of having conversations yeah. with the people they're sitting with. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever or seen. Or they'll sit next to each other and be texting each other instead of just having a conversation. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. We, we can do a whole show about communication. Because <laughs> it sounds like uh, it sounds like we, uh, we see things quite similar. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so... As of now, how many members are like, how big is Interfight? What's the size of the gym? We probably have, we have about two to 300 members passing through classes. And we also have a big endurance section as well. And we have about similar there, somewhere around 300, 350. Just depends what challenges people have coming up. So we write a lot of online programs for endurance athletes. And that can be anything from running 5K. We have beginner run programs to we prepare people for, for some quite extreme challenges. So that's about how big we are. We coach, coaching staff is around 15 coaches. And it fluctuates. We, we hire people based on people rather than based on like a demand, if I could say that. So I will never go, oh my God, I've had 50 people walk through the door this week running, running a, you know, a, a, an Ironman program and I don't have enough triathlon coaches. Let's go and get a triathlon coach and let's have them in place by next, next week or next month. I never do it like that. We'll always go, we're full at the moment, but when we've got someone, we'll let you know. And we're always looking for, for good people because I think good people, based on what we've said so far, good people with good sort of interpersonal skills as well as good technical skills uh, are quite a challenge to find. So when I find someone, we'll just start, we'll give them a job. And, you know, I, and, and it's quite interesting because it also, it also speaks pretty good volumes about the kind of people that we have working for us because I've hired a lot of them and I've had literally one or two clients to give them. And, but I've said to them, you're a good person, you've got to trust that I'm a good person and we're going to make, make this work. So to that end, we have a really cool bunch of coaches and, and we also have a really cool bunch of clients. So it's nice. It's a, it's a fun place to go. So we've been in Abu Dhabi since 2015. You've been here, obviously, much longer than that. The health yeah. and wellness industry has made a lot of changes just in the time that we've been here. So I can only imagine what you've seen being here for so long. What are the biggest changes that you think have happened over the last few years in the industry? Uh, This is one question that I went through all of your questions and I think I have answers for all of them. But my answer for this is, it's probably not overly inspirational. What's happened in the last 10 years is that I feel a lot of people have tried to jump on the fitness, health and fitness bandwagon. They've opened gyms for pretty much what we were talking about before, the wrong reason. 
they know that people need to take care of their health and therefore feel that a gym is a is, is a good business to open. And for for the most part, owners are not involved in gyms. Um, a lot of gyms are, are I think, uh, financed just by by business people, and you can just see it, you know. And on day one, it'll be full ready style, shiny as you like, and then. You know, they won't get the numbers they wanted and things will start to break. They won't get fixed because they've, they've just piled so much money into it. So whilst we've seen the number of gyms grow and new concepts come and some of them have been super successful. And obviously, it, you know, I'm not really too deep in what concepts are here, what gyms open, because I, I don't have time and I don't care, you know, let let thousands of gyms open, let hundreds of thousands of CrossFit gyms open. It won't really change what we do. Yeah. We do what we do because we believe in it. So it's nice to see that there is a lot more gyms. It's sad that so many gyms have come into the market and then closed, but they kind of deserve it because they haven't done their homework properly. And what my biggest sort of right if, if, if you could say so is that we've allowed a lot of gyms to open but we've kind of gone backwards in health and that's quite sad we have higher rates of obesity than we've we've ever had i mean i, I was talking about it with a friend the other day and, and, and you know i love dubai 3030 it's it's what who supported my marathons and i think it's such a great time of the year but next to sort of Billboards on Jamiro Beach Road of Dubai 3030, I've still got fast food being advertised. And we're, we're talking, we're having this sort of dreamy session over a coffee, and we're like, how amazing would it be if we said during Dubai 3030, there was no outdoor advertising for fast food? Like, just give us a break. Yeah. You know? So the, um, if you look at, and this is kind of how. I think things can be justified. If you look at the number of gyms available, the number of sports available now, it's absolutely an all-time high, but that is not solving the problem of disease within the population. And for me, that's quite sad. So it's almost like, it's almost like you open loads of restaurants, but you still have starving people. Yeah. Like it's, it's quite, it's It's kind of intuitive. Yeah. you see what I'm saying? And I think that kind of backs up my, 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 my comments on the fact that people have just opened gyms because they think they're going to get really rich from it. And, you know, when people try and give me a hard time that we're charging too much and this, that, and the other, I'm like, dude, if money was my motivator, I would have stayed at Nike. Yeah. yeah. I, made, I made shit good money and I, I had no stress. I turned my phone off at five o'clock on a Thursday afternoon and I opened my laptop at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. I had my full weekends off and I got a salary every month and every year I just filled out a form and I got my home ticket and I got this and I got that. If this was about money, I'd still be doing that. You know, it's not, I mean, some people will do, and I'm not trying to cry poor, you know, every school, I have a house and I have a car and, and that's good, but too many people, I think, have, have come into the industry and, you know, and, and, and it's just not for the right reasons. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. And it's not. I agree with you. 
What, yeah, do, what do you think about like the focus of the country on health and wellness? Have you seen an improvement there, or is it about the yes. same that it's on a different like a surface level? It's that's a really that's another really good question. There is obviously an insane amount, both in Dubai and in Abu Dhabi. There's an insane amount of infrastructure focus being put on sports. Down here, the Crown Prince, Sheikh Hamdan, like he's, he's all over it. There's there's so much support for sports, which is which is absolutely amazing. So participation rates, facilities, everything is through the roof. But obesity is higher than it's ever been. Type two diabetes higher than it's ever been. So are, are we doing it properly? Like you can't. It, it's it's almost like this weird. And I had sex, I, I've been here 40 years. Like, it's this weird UAE mentality that we'll solve the problem by throwing more money at it. Yeah. I was about to say that. All they want to do is, not all they want to do. The go-to <laughs> method is throwing money at it. And, you know, sometimes that will work, but with health and wellness, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Hey, and you know what? It doesn't, exactly. work, it doesn't work that way with education either, just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, yeah. it's exactly the same thing. So, but I think we have to be fair to the UAE, I don't think this is just a, a local problem. This is no, a global no, issue. No, not, not at all. Not at and all. I will say, it's like I said, even in the short time that we've been here, you know, almost seven years now, we've seen a massive change. And like, yeah. like the promotion of, we've added like a health science curriculum in the education sector. Yeah. We've added a lot yeah. more um, in our physical education department. They do a lot more than just sports. They teach about whole body and nutrition and um, yeah. like self-awareness yeah. yeah mental health yeah. so i do think they've come a long way the country's come a long way um but i think I we do need to shift our focus to not just like chipping away at the outside of the problem but like getting to the root of the issues and like uh focusing on overall health and well-being and that comes yeah. from you know a proper amount of limit on screen time that comes from Yes. moving your body it doesn't have to be at a gym just like getting outside and moving spending time with your family having a balanced lifestyle yes yeah. eating better yeah. yeah eating fruits and vegetables <laughs> yeah. that aren't that gummy well. or in skittles or something but yeah but i think you know to be fair if if a country finds that balance then they've solved the issue yeah. which is a, which is a, which is a global issue across all countries you know i look at I look at the UK, they're in the same, it's a disaster, you know? Same it's, with the US, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, um, it's not likely, but I, I, I also think with the amount that, I, with the amount that we see, let's call it local government putting into sports here and bringing international talent, international events and really creating a buzz around it, I, I really do think that we, we need to start well, they need to start, I don't need to be part of it, they need to start sort of, you know, chipping away at the other end and, and looking at, you know, how we can restrict things. But it goes back to, I mean, this is the, this is one of the biggest problems in America, right? The, the fast food industry is worth $300 billion a year. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, tell, you tell the US government that we're going to take that away, they've got a massive short-term problem. Long-term, it'll sort itself out, but they've got a huge short-term problem which won't get them re-elected during the next elections, which is everyone's goal. Yep. Yep. So, you know, politics. Politics and health and fitness, this is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> 
in most things, I think, yeah. politics inserting itself, yeah. Okay, so yeah. what do you think about the future for health and wellness in the UAE? What direction are we headed? Do you see good things coming for us? It's interesting. I, I do... I thought fitness first would not be here anymore. Now. I thought they would phase out. I, I think we'll continue to see for at least, to be honest, in my opinion, for at least the next five years, if not for a bit longer, we'll continue to see the similar sort of trends that we've seen for the last five to 10 years. New concepts will come. Some will stay, like Barry's has stayed for quite a while. You know, it depends how, it depends if the local partner has A, negotiated the right deal with the franchisee and B, placed themselves in the right area yeah. because one of the biggest things that's killing it, it and, and this is basic business it's not it, it's nothing to do with the with, with, with the fitness industry we constantly as humans are looking for different ways to train we're constantly looking to evolve i think that will still happen i think that there i don't i can't see that there's going to be more chains coming into the market well will fitness first stay will gymnation take them over i don't know you know i I think there will constantly be this demand for for cheap fitness because it's almost a trend. But I, this is where I'm a little bit confused, and I, I'm I'm just trying to sit back and, and and watch because people are still paying sort of between 150 to 300 dollars a month for a gym membership that they don't use. After COVID, that surprises me slightly. Yeah. I'm like. Why, why are they still doing that? You know, they've seen during COVID and even now, like, you know, you hop online, people, fitness influencers are still trying to flog themselves as, you know, dumbbell workouts you can do in your living room. And legit it is because the people that are just rolling over a fitness first membership are not going anyway. So it's a really interesting dynamic what's going on there. I think... You know, CrossFit's been through an interesting time um, through COVID and through what Greg Glassman did. He's a man. Um, will that pick up again? Yes, I think it will. But I think, and, and this is the thing, like, this is the thing that it goes back to what we were saying earlier. This is the reason why CrossFit's actually survived because of the community aspect. Yeah. So any fitness concept that you can breed community and a sense of belonging will be successful. It's a very that's, good point. That's kind of how I see it, you know? It's um, because people want to be part of something. Yeah. Everybody wants to be part of a community, whether yeah. they admit it exactly. or not, they do. Exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, so you brought up COVID-19 and the fitness industry. How did COVID-19 affect your gym? <laughs> this is a good one because... We were told to close on the 15th of March. We'd already signed a lease to relocate our gym and to encourage, yeah, in, in, get all the expenses. Um, with that, which it made it super challenging. Um, we were closed for around six or seven months. We opened again, no, it was about six months. We opened again sort of end of August, start September. It was massively challenging. We knew that moving from one location to another would be challenging anyway because of the geography of Dubai. However, and this is the thing, if you're, I think if you're a little bit savvy as to what's going on and you don't 
Like, a lot of people will go home at night and they'll be like, yeah, 100 people will turn up tomorrow. They won't, you know? And if you have these false expectations, but if you say to yourself, I'm going to turn up tomorrow and I'm going to revisit our vision and revisit our values with our team literally every day, and when I get one person, I'm going to give them the best experience I can, then things start to grow. And that's what we spent most of our time doing with the team from, from when we opened in, in, in August last year in the new location. It was super challenging. We, through COVID-19, through when we were shut, we put in, in place a number of programs, literally just to keep our community going and to support people because I felt like we had a responsibility to those people. It wasn't my fault that Jim had shut, but we were the one place, the, the, I think you said it earlier, Natalie, the safe space that they come to every day. So we had to figure out how to quick, quickly put that online. We rolled out a number of different initiatives and the coaches really stepped up in, incredibly. We, we actually grew our endurance coaching team by about three coaches from when COVID-19 started to when it ended. Oh, which wow. Is, yeah, which is that's nice. Amazing. Yeah, that's unheard um, of. Yeah, like, but that's the thing. The guys just did such good work. And, you know, we had ideas, we rolled them out, they worked, they didn't, we continued them, they didn't work. We put our hand up and we go, yeah, that was a shit idea. We're stopping that now. We're coming with something new. And it was just trial and error. You know, like at the start of COVID, everyone wanted to get on a Zoom call, everyone wanted to have a Zoom meeting, webinar, all this stuff. But by the end of sort of lockdowns, we were just over it. So it's like, well, why are we continuing it? You know, it's, I was so, so sick of being on a screen yeah. within like two weeks. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I've looked at this computer too much. Exactly. So no, it, it, listen, it, it, it was super tough. It wasn't any harder for us than it, than it was for, for other people. You know, we still had to pay rent. We still had to pay salaries. But I mean, this is the thing is, as I said, we, we never expected that hundreds of people would rock up at the gym the next day. We just went and we just we just did our thing and you know it took it took till sort of the start of this year to to sort of especially with the restrictions as well and you know government's not only here but but globally they just destroy people's brains you know it's yeah. like if you touch something that someone's looked at you will die of COVID yeah. well, not not really you know what it, I mean it felt so like that at times though but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I even, I see people now, like, you know, we're still sanitized and stuff, but you see people, like, they, they would put their, their barbells away now and not sanitize and be totally cool with it. And we're like, guys, can you spray that down? You know, we still have to follow these procedures. But so it's, that was all quite interesting and obviously number of restrictions. But, you know, you kind of, and this is the thing, this is how I always see stuff. You, you, you just have to play what's in front of you and, you know, you can't fight that the sports council want two meters. If they say three meters, you do three. If they say one, you do one. And and you just make it work. And I, I also saw a lot of sort of negativity within the fitness industry where, you know, people were saying, this is stupid. It's like, yeah, we know it's done, but like fighting it is just not going to do anything about it. So we're just like, let's stay positive. How can we operate within it and, and, and do that? But um yeah, it's kind of, and, and I think this is for everyone, you know, you sort of, we, we, we slowed down a little bit, I guess, before summer, and, and I sat with the leadership team, and we are just like, wow, how did we get through that? Like, that was just wild, you know, and, and but, but you do, you know, and, and well, 
if you're tough, you do. And if you can sort of stay present and just focus on what you can control, then you do. And, you know, and I, and I also think we helped a lot of people through that time, you know, because a lot of people were suffering. And at the end of the day, we still work in an industry that's that's pretty cool. We go to work in shorts and T-shirt. We throw around some dumbbells. I go running a lot. And, you know, it's, yeah, we don't actually have to sit in front of a screen the whole time. So, yeah, it was challenging, but it was also pretty good fun. Well, good. And we're, we're glad to hear that, you know, your gym came out on the other side stronger and better than it went in. So that's amazing. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate right. it. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, being in the UAE, obviously you're an expat, but you're like a lifer for an expat. You've been there forever. <laughs> um, so a lot of our focus on our podcast is about people who live life a bit differently whether that means yeah. leaving your hometown or not, just working in a job that's maybe not a nine to five office job or not following uh, society's expectations. So how do you feel that like, I'm still gonna consider you as an expat because you, you weren't born in the UAE, right? So what do you yeah. think are some of the greatest benefits of being an expat or not just being an expat, but also being in a very like diverse and global community? Yeah, it's interesting. When I, when I sort of was reading this question, I was, trying to figure out how I'd respond to it. And you see, I don't feel like an expat. I Like expat for me is like, is almost like a hardship posting. We live in one of the most dynamic cities in the world. Like it is, it's pretty incredible place to live. It actually, a lot of time, like it doesn't really suit my personality because I hate big buildings. I hate bright lights. And I like being out in nature and, you know, it's, it's quite weird that I'm here, but I think it's, it's kind of, I don't see this as a hardship posting being here. I see life here as life anywhere that it's what you make it and it's full of opportunity. Exactly. A lot of people say it's, it, UAE is really opportunistic and easy to do stuff. It is, but it isn't. It's far easier to set up a gym in my hometown of York than it is to set up a gym here. And it's, and it's, there's far less red tape. Let's put it that way. You know, but I'm here and I think, you know, for, for a lot of people, I, I'd see us more as sort of global citizens. You know, we, we're kind of just, we're, we'll make the best of where we are. And, you know, I think, I think that's the, the thing. Like a lot of people, see their time here and I feel, I still feel a lot of hatred about the UAE. I feel a lot of people are not happy living here, but they still live here. But that's because they don't really know who they are and they probably won't be, they won't be happy anywhere, anywhere, you know? But I I, I think one of the the greatest things here is, is that you meet incredible people and if you have a little bit of energy you can go out and and make some cool things happen in a really unique country let's call it that and i know like dubai and abu dhabi are are so different in 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 so many different ways you know so but i think as as a country like and it's the same if you go anywhere you know you can if you put a lot of energy and you really know what you want to do then you can you can't easily make it happen here because it's still quite hard work but you can make it happen. And I think one of the coolest things with having a business here is although your business might be today slightly skewed to a certain demographic or or community, it's quite 
you've got a potential to swing that to different directions because your your pool of people is huge. So you can kind of like we we attract I don't know maybe thirty or forty different nationalities to the gym. Like there's all sorts of people in my gym, and and that that for me is quite cool because I don't feel I don't feel somehow reliant on one demographic. It's like you know tomorrow you know. The U.S. and the U.A.E. fall out, and all U.S. citizens have to go home. And if all my members are from America, I'm like, ah, you know. Whereas this place is is quite interesting because of the mix, the mix of people. So, and it's convenient for us. My my family, my my parents are in Europe, and my wife, Holly, her grandma, and 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 stuff are all down in Australia. So it's it's quite a good spot. And one of the best things is is the lack of tax that we have. Although through businesses, we pay a lot of tax, but. Anyway, we will come to that another time. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we actually agree that like our some of our best our favorite things about living here one is we don't have to pay U.S. taxes and yeah. on our salary, and then two is the people that we meet from all over the world because especially where we're from. You mentioned this earlier, and I found it really interesting. You said people don't stay in their hometowns anymore, but like where we're from, people don't, people don't leave their hometown. Like. Yeah. Every, really? the majority of people Where about are you guys from? We're from West Tennessee, between Memphis okay. and Nashville. So, um, wow. a small town, like 70,000 people, but it feels like a town of 3,000 people. Yeah, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Wow. When we go home in the summer, we can't go anywhere that we don't run into 15, 20 people that we know from wow. school, from church, from work. But you grow up with people and you end up staying there. And I think that's true of a lot of rural areas is that people tend to stay within, what is it, 30, 40 miles of where they grew up? Yeah, from where they were born. Yeah, yeah and so um, so for us, like we would never get this like global connectivity that we have here of meeting people yeah. all over the world. I think on one of our yeah. last interviews, we talked about one night we sat down for dinner with a group of friends, unintentionally like thinking about who we had invited as far as nationalities. And we looked around and we said, Okay, there's 12 people here, and we're from 11 different nationalities. It's like, How good is that? It's amazing. Like, Where else in the world would you have that opportunity? That's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't like, it we, and we, wanted, like, we didn't seek that opportunity out. These were just our friends. Yeah. That we yeah, were here. It's cool. And I think that's one thing as well, like, the, sort of to have that open mindset of, of, like, we're all humans, but we're all quite different and I guess where, where you guys are from, the way that you've described it, yes, the people are different, but there's quite a lot of mindsets that are similar. Whereas when you're in a city or a country like this, you can kind of learn, like I learned a lot from different, from different nationalities, you know, when I learned from my local friends, you know, and when I learned about Islam from them, you know, and, and then what I learned from sort of Indian friends, and, you know, you've got all these different sort of, lifestyles coming together and all these different beliefs coming together and you can kind of yeah you can you can learn and i think that's what makes us like a little bit global you know as 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 humans and we've sort of we we bring all these different our personalities get mixed with different qualities from different parts of the world and i think that's one of the coolest things living in in this country Yeah. yeah i agree with you on that one okay so as a not an expat as a global citizen do you take <laughs> take advantage of one of the one of our favorite things about living in the middle east is that travel is abundantly 
more easy yeah. than it is in the States for us because we're so far from everything in America. So uh, do you take that opportunity often or pre-COVID and again? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I guess I guess we were pretty fortunate for, for a long time because my wife Holly worked for Emmett for 13 years. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> so literally we were off to different holiday destinations about four times a year and I would always, whenever I could, I would hop on a plane with her for the weekend to Europe and yeah, we, and that's one of the, I think that's one of the, also like you said, one of the great things about living here, you can get to, it's literally the center of, of the earth as far as I see it for travel, like, you know, it's, it's, it's equidistant from Australia to America and then we've got sort of Asia, Africa down here, Europe up there, it's, it's super cool, so yeah, we, Absolutely love to travel. Actually, I, I leave next Monday to go to Kenya for a week and Holly leaves a few days later to go. She's going to Phuket and then we're in South Africa for Christmas. So we don't have kids, so we kind of just we travel as much as we can. That's um, us too. I, yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was slightly halted during COVID while Holly was in Australia for four months. So she, she was having good fun down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think now, and, and this is another thing that I see people fighting, it's like, oh, I'm going to travel, I have to have a PCR, I have to fill out this form, like, you're going to have to do it, but yeah. it's all good, like, it's just a matter of procedure, and as soon as you leave the airport, you can probably rip your mask off, and life in a number of countries is, is, is quite normal, so I think travel is something that is, I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's for everyone, but it's such a huge part of our life because we're able to go and, as long as I was talking about before, sort of have an appreciation and learn about different cultures. And I, I always feel it's, it's, it's almost a greedy thing to say, but you can kind of go, you can have a look, and if you like something, you can either go back and, and revisit it, or you can say, I like the way they do that. I'll start doing that back at home. So yeah. it's, it's almost like you've got this weird, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but yeah. we always yeah. sort of feel like it's like, these guys do this good. We'll, we'll go there again. Or, you know, Holly loves to cook. She'll be like, you know, we'll, we'll eat some amazing food. She's like, I, I forgot how to cook one at yeah. home. And then we bring that back into our lives. And, you know, there's massive benefit and happiness. So, yeah, it's super important. We definitely do that as well. One thing we love to do when we're traveling is to do like a cooking class with a local family if we can. And then we get nice. like grandma's secret recipe for Vietnamese pho and like bring it back home and figure out how to recreate it. Nope. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't do the cooking. Holly takes care of all that. But yeah. um, <laughs> we still, she's a lot better at cooking than I <laughs> We all have our strengths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so speaking of travel, in your opinion, what is the most underrated place that you've visited? Yeah, this is a really tough one, to be honest. I I don't have a like a, a, a strict answer. It's weird. Like I think one of the most beautiful places I went to for for sort of beach scenery, and it's a flip side coin. It was Zanzibar, but at the same time, the we like, like we were just talking about, to go and, and, and have nice food and a couple of drinks on holiday. And the food there was terrible. <laughs> and yep. the, 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 beer, the beer was always hot. Yep. So it's like, I've got this picture and, and it's absolutely incredible picture on, on the beach there. And it's like so, so beautiful. 
and it's like this place is just off the coast of Africa. Like it's just, but the food was terrible. And it was just like, it ruined the whole experience for us. Like, yeah. you, it sounds like you guys have been, right? Yeah, we, we did a podcast. It was our last interview that we did. This question was over. We were talking about it. And I asked, I said, what was your most overrated? And he was like, Zanzibar. The food was shit. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, the, yeah. the scenery, gorgeous. But the food Everything was else. I was like, did you just drag this across the parking lot? Give it to me because it tastes like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a spice <laughs> island, right? It's supposed to be like flavorful and spicy. Nah, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what, what, what we thought. So, and then I, I think we went to, we went to, um, we went to Goa in India about, well, it must be like over almost 15 years ago. And that was super cool because we stayed in literally a beach shack for the most part that was only up temporarily during the season and we would like eat along the beach and it, it's just like we found an area that there was just no real tourists it was just super quiet and you just go to a shack on the beach and it was like five dollars for dinner and we actually it was in the, in the days where iPod had just come out and they had like those docking stations and I had this portable docking station and we just take our own music to the different little like shelter restaurants and just sit there and put our own music on and they just cook us dinner and it was, that, that was amazing. a super cool holiday. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, go ahead. It wasn't by chance Agonda, was it? In Goa? Um, no, I can't remember exactly okay. where we were. Cause that sounds exactly honest. like our Goan adventure. We found a quiet area, no tourists. We did not use motorized transportation for eight days, and it was the most Amazing. relaxed environment we've ever been yeah. in. Beach you just walk more. everywhere. Don't yeah. worry. Don't. I didn't have to wear shoes, which was the best thing ever. Yeah. 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 That's it's a good one. Go, yeah, go, so. go, go, go sometimes get some mixed reviews depending on where you go because there's a lot of trash yeah. in the main part of it. But, yeah. We love it. That's a, that's yeah. a good one. Um, yeah. Okay. So you said you're going to Kenya next, and your wife's going to Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, next week. So, yeah, it should be cool. Yeah, and then South Africa for Christmas? Yeah, we've been to South Africa quite a lot. We actually went there for our honeymoon when we got married in, like, 2010, and, and we've gone almost every year. We've probably been about seven times in the last ten years. So, oh, wow. it's, um, yeah, it's... I. South Africa is really beautiful, and it has amazing food. We, we actually, on this one, we're a little bit boring I guess because I've been there loads of times and we stay in the same village in, in the Rhinelands just an hour from Cape Town every time I've said we stayed in the same hotel three times and the hotel that we're going back to this year we were there at the start of 2020 just before just for lockdown so we're, we're sort of but it's weird because there the scenery is amazing and the food is 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 next level. Obviously, they have beautiful wine, and it's just such a. We've been there once before for Christmas, and it's just super relaxing. Christmas with with my sister has two kids. My mom and dad still travel, so they come over. And and I know it sounds harsh, but it's just like such a relief just to be away for Christmas and just just yeah. do our own thing. So yeah, that's where where we'll be. And I'm looking forward to it. There's there's nice there's nice nature to walk in to run in, and you know we. Last time we were there, make a pot of coffee, take it up, 
hike up a mountain for a couple of hours and then sit and have a coffee and it was it was actually sort of blowing a girl like that i got in a little bit of trouble from Holly. she didn't really watch i said let's sit here and she's like really i was like oh it's nice <laughs> so i like doing stuff like that it's kind of it's kind of different and i think those sort of places and maybe it's i don't know maybe it's age or maybe again it's a little bit old school mindset and, and revisiting perhaps the power of of nature but those places really kind of they're a lot more attractive to us now than than they've ever been we were we're in spain in summer and we literally you know we'd go for a, a big long hike and then just sit by a river and swim in the river and stuff like that and i i i'm kind of like you guys like if there was no if there's no traffic lights if there's no you know people then it's absolutely brilliant and when i when we we, we actually were in um we're sort of in, uh, in in a town, in, in a bigger town, and I was like, I can't wait to get out of here because <laughs> I just want, you know, this. So, yeah, big, big cities. I mean, we've done, obviously, through Holly's job, we've done sort of, again, fortunately, all, all the big cities on pretty much thanks to Emirates discounts and stuff like that, <laughs> which has been quite cool. Um, but if you said to me, okay, it's nothing against America. If you said to me, you know, let, let's go to New York, I'd be like, nah, I've been like you know yeah. i'm not i'm not that fast I'll, I'll fly into new york and then you can drive me for seven hours into the middle of nowhere and let's hang out for, there for a week i'd love to do that you know but um i think travels i think travel is really important i think it it, it really helps and, and i think and this is one of the biggest things that that i really hope people can do and can do more frequently going forward is is to have travel with disconnection Yep. You know, and, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it was nuts because I was, I was recently in, um, in a race in Jordan in Wadi Rum where there is actually no phone signal. So I had a week without my phone and nothing bad happened. Like nothing bad happened. <laughs> life went on. Well, yeah. you know, like life goes on, you know, it's, it's actually funny. And then someone, someone actually asked me like, what happened to your Instagram? And I was like, I went, I went and checked it. Actually, my followers go up when I don't post. It's quite interesting. <laughs> so it's like, it's great. You know, yeah. if that's what I cared about, then that's a real, but it's, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things and it's, it's kind of difficult. Like we, we have this addiction to, to our phones and, you know, it's, it's a whole other story where we have it or whatever, but it's just like, take a camera and, you know, I love taking pictures. I love making pictures for, for social media because I also, and, and my goal around my social media is just to try and help people, just to try and show people that you can just go and have fun. So take a camera, come back, post it all to social media, do whatever you want with it. But I think, you know, if you can create some disconnection and Holly and I love, I mean, we try to recreate it you know, when we're in Dubai, we, we don't, we don't have a, really a TV or anything. So we, we actually like just sitting and Friday afternoons, we'll make a barbecue and we'll just sit and we'll just talk and, you know, discuss like different things. And I think not be afraid to ask each other questions that are a bit, you know, like, what is the meaning of life? I don't know, you know, like yeah. <laughs> just random stuff. And, and it's quite interesting because I think we were talking about something the other week and, we like probably addressed the topic like two or three times and you're never going to have all the answers, but if you have, and this is the reason why I share it is if you have clearer, more clarity, which you only get through less distraction, which you only get through moving to a different environment, throwing everything out the window as far as communication goes, then you can actually get some clear thoughts on 
what you feel about maybe each other, maybe about life, maybe about death, maybe about whatever it is. And, and I think I think that's something that is really lost in, in, in humanity these days, and it's getting even more lost, which in turn actually circles back to uh, health and fitness, because if we're completely confused, then it's difficult to have a healthy life. It just doesn't really... It doesn't really work. So, you know, that, that's what I look forward to when I come. Um, that's one of the most, that, uh, I love that when, you know, you, the question was most underrated place because, you know, that's for us. We'll we, we walk in, into the bush for, for a few hours and just find a place on the floor and sit and, and just have a chat or read a book and just relax. So, yeah, I, I think it's super important. And I think people don't make enough time. And for if you're if you're going to Europe and you're going to six different cities, you're not having a break. You're yeah. going on a you're, you're going on a psycho trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We also we agree about travel. The travel should be a time we love to explore, but also a time to like disconnect and just relax. Yeah, you shouldn't really yeah. come back from a vacation and feel like you need another vacation. Right. I mean, like you have to build in time to relax. I mean, there's a time to go, go, go. We only have a few days to see everything, but. Um, yeah. we, uh, we also feel the same as you that we like to have conversations and talk to each other and sit outside, enjoy the balcony here or on Go a walk on the beach, on a beach or... somewhere or whatever it is, but actually yeah. talk with each other and not just constantly be distracted by a screen. And I think travel yeah. for some, you know, for some people travel is really important for just taking pictures and posting them and getting likes and comments. Of course, yeah. we, take, we take pictures of our travels and we post them. But I think the most important thing when we travel is to try to be present. So you actually remember yeah. it, not because of the pictures that you took, but because of the memories that you made there and like the emotions yeah. that you experienced yeah. when, while you were there. I agree. And I, I, I just think it's such a good time to, to learn and, and just to, you know, we're, life is, is, is hectic for us, especially, you know, we're talking earlier, we live in, in one of the most sort of fast moving countries literally in the world so you know we need we we're not programmed as humans to be at that peak the whole time yeah. we're you know it's like we talk about it in endurance like we don't train athletes at threshold the whole time we do a lot of just easy running because that's what makes us strong and you know we we just need to do more of that so if people can travel and get that done then i i believe and for the most part, I mean, you guys seem incredibly happy. I believe it brings a lot of happiness. So it does. Yeah. We should do it. We agree that it does. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, thank you so much for answering all of our strange questions. <laughs> Not at all. I thought it was awesome. It's actually one of the most prepared shows I've, I've been on for a long time. So oh, I knew exactly kind of what you wanted to talk about. So it was awesome. Well done to you guys. Oh, it's thank super you very, cool. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I do have one last question. So living in the UAE, the UAE is known for just being over the top all the time. What is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in the UAE that you just thought nowhere else in the world would I ever see that? <laughs> I think it has to be some of the some of the cars and the things that people do. Like the other night I was out in the middle of the desert, it was like six o'clock, I was out of the cycle track and eight Lamborghinis just pulled into the car park. And, like, you know, it's a Lamborghini club, of course. Like, why not? It's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I have my guys that I go running with, my mom club, and it's just like, you know, and stuff like that. It's just like, 
I'm super happy for them if that's genuinely making them happy. I'm not, I'm not here to judge, but you see some stuff like that and you're just like, there is, and it's, it's not up to me to judge, but I see in this country often a lot of what I think is money wasted, you know? And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Like that's, that's just, I see a lot of excess and, and, and it kind of, and it, it's tough, right? Because I work, I get paid, whatever I want to do with my money, I'm going to do with it. And if you tell me, Marcus, you should be going on a holiday next week, I'll tell you to go, yeah. you know, <laughs> stick it. So it's not up to me to turn around and say, dude, why do you have a Lamborghini like that? You know, and, and I actually had it. I had a client who, and it, it, this is, it's not, like this client was driving a Range Rover Sport and I just couldn't put the two together. It just didn't really suit her personality. And I went up to her one day and I said, I have quite a personal question. Do you mind if I ask you? And she said, no, just ask me. I said, what made you buy a Range Rover? Because it just doesn't fit her, her, her sort of personality, if, if that's the right thing to say. And she went, you know what? I've always wanted one. She said, and I've got enough money. And I thought, screw it. I have one life. And I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So... Yeah. You know, behind what we might think is ridiculous, behind everything is, you know, is, is, I have three barbecues outside. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? That's your dream. That's my dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, so I think what you said, like being over the top, it's not that you saw a Lamborghini. It's that there were eight of them together. And it's like, and I think the fact that we just, in the UAE, we're like, yeah, of course, why not? Yeah, you're driving down the road, you see, you know, five or six McLarens or Mercedes or whatever, anymore, and you yeah. just look at them like, oh, it's it is UAE, what it is. Of course, yeah. I think that would be my answer. Like, nothing really sort of shocks, and, you know, you see a massive watch on someone's wrist, and it's just like, you yeah, know, he's got, like, you know, $30,000 watch. Yeah. That's yeah. just normal. Okay. Nice. You know, yeah, it's an interesting place for me. And that's why when people come here and you, they, you just sort of take them around and they're just going, oh, oh, you know, the whole <laughs> yeah. time. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Like, oh, yeah, actually, this is not normal yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, you forget it's that a, it's not and, normal. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bit excessive sometimes. But again, I'm, I'm not here to judge. But that's, yeah, that's the UAE for me. There's not many times around my hometown, Europe, that I've seen a bunch of sort of Lamborghinis or, <laughs> or, or, or like you said, McLaren's just cruising yeah. around. So that would have to be it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, we appreciate you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to share for our listeners? Maybe uh, one last tip, maybe if they're like hesitant about joining a gym or getting back into being uh, more fit, more healthy post-COVID. Uh, yeah, I think... I think the one thing I would say is, first up, a gym membership is not going to fix your problems. All of your problems are inside, and you need to start to work on, on them in some way. A gym membership might be the catalyst to that, but I think in a world that, as we've spoken about, is or us three have just told you about, is full of excess and probably just needs a little bit more disconnection. If I could just encourage people to spend a little bit of time just really realizing who they are, what they want from life, and then figuring out what's gonna help them to get that, then they will be happy a lot faster. Too many people, same for my gym. People join my gym and I'm like, you're not ready for this yet. 
this is not the right move. And as I said at the start, I don't like taking money from people if we're not sending them in the right way. And we'll sort of send them away and say, you need to go and think about a few things. And I think that's important. Like a lot of, we're influenced by a lot of different things these days. And I, it's hard to have really deep conversations with yourself, but everything is, is within us and we have to jump in there and, and then figure it out. And once you do, you actually wake up every, you sleep good each night and I haven't got it all figured out, but five nights from seven, I sleep up, I sleep really good and I wake up with a lot of energy to, to go and make stuff happen. And life's pretty good. So yeah, that's kind of what I say to people. I think that is excellent advice yeah. that n- not just a gym membership, but nothing out there is going to solve your problems for you. That it starts from within. Yeah. If you're not working on yeah. yourself, it's not going to fix itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. and like, and honestly, and like the greatest changes do come from within, right? Not from your outside 100%, forces. So, 100%, oh, well, let's yeah. leave it on that though. That's really positive. Yeah. Let's yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being with us today, and we will link um, your Instagram and your gym's Instagram as well down below in the notes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcus. Appreciate it, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely Thanks, awesome. Marcus. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, share it on social media, give us a rating and leave a review. These really help us. Follow and connect with us on Instagram at Our Wayward Life and reach out to us with any questions either through social media or email at ourwaywardlife at gmail.com. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.